Thanks for checking out the New Life Speakers podcast. All of our speakers are recorded live at our AA meeting held on Friday nights at 8 p.m. at the Atonement Church in Wyomissing, Pennsylvania. More information about recovery and our upcoming events can be found on our website, newlifespeakers.org. If you don't want to miss our newest upcoming speakers, don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. This podcast is self-supporting, so if you enjoy this podcast, please put a dollar or two into our virtual basket. You can find a link for this in the description. And if you know someone in need, please share this with them. Thank you. Uh, good evening. Um, it's great to be here. Um, it's a pleasure. Uh, anytime, uh, my first sponsor told me many, many years ago, my first sponsor, um, that anytime you're asked to do anything in AA, your answer should be yes. And, uh, so I'm at a meeting at noon today and Chris says, Hey, we need a speaker tonight. And so I knew what my answer was. Okay, we'll be here. Uh, It's uh, when I reminisce and I like to go back through. um, My sobriety date is September 7th, uh, 1987. Um, And, uh, you know, when I first came into AA, um, I knew that I had a problem. I didn't have the answers all at once. I was pretty much like a lot of us when we come in here. I was white knuckling it. You know, I, I just wanted to find out how I could stay sober one day, you know, and um, and all the, uh, I didn't understand very much about AA. I mean, it was all like a fog to me, you know, but the first meeting I went to was in Robazonia. Um, that was my first home group. Uh, and, um, I went to the meeting, I waited till everybody got in, walked in, sat at the back, which a lot of us call relapse row. (laughs) Anyway, I was in the back, um, the meeting got over and, uh, I was out the door. And I get in my car and I say, these people here at Robazonia aren't very friendly folk. Uh, you know, so you can see my alcoholic thinking needed a lot of work, okay? Uh, but you know what? Um, I, um, I kept going to that meeting and uh, I got a sponsor at that meeting. And, uh, uh, you know, Ron, Ron Yo- Yoakum was, uh, was my first sponsor and... Uh, he said to me, look, Spence, he said, I'll sponsor you, but one condition. I said, what's that? He said, uh, you're going to set up this place. You're going to put the coffee on. You're going to hand the ashtrays out. And when it's done, you're going to put the chairs away. You're going to clean the ashtrays. You're going to empty the coffee pot. And right away, I'm thinking, boy, this is a little bit more than I want to do, you know? You mean you got to do some work in this program? Well, um, you know, when I look back on it today, that was the greatest gift he could have ever given me. The ability to be here, get my feet grounded in AA, um, service work to me 
is special, okay, because that was, I didn't realize it at the time, but that was really the building block, building block for my sobriety. It's how it started. There was a guy there at Robazonia, his name was Shorty, and he was a Dutchman, and I want to tell you, um, I couldn't understand a word that guy was saying, you know, and uh, he'd just say to me, Spence, keep coming back, you know. Uh, one of the great, some of the greatest little slogans he gave me was, he'd say, that's water over the dam, you can't bring it back, Spence, you know, that's... What are you going to do different is always what I heard from him. And the other gift he gave me was um, the fact that he said, the guy that got up the earliest this morning got the most sobriety. And I struggled coming up on my first anniversary in AA because I thought I was going to screw this up like everything else in my life, okay? Uh, But when when he said that, it just took it back to one day at a time. And, uh, you know, for me, this program really is one day at a time. Um, And that one day at a time really applies to every facet of my life. You know, I have to continually remember, you know, it's one day at a time. I don't have to solve all the problems of the world. I don't have to have all the answers. Um, So... Um, so what happened is, um, I knew I had a problem. Um, my higher power, I guess, had blessed me in, in helping me understand that I had a problem and I needed to find an answer. And, um, so, um, what happened was I ended up in Warnersville, um, and, um, I'm in the backyard of Karen obviously. Um, You know, is it odd or is it God? Let me tell you something. It's God all the time for me. It didn't start out that way, but I can tell you it is. I can can tell you that all the things that happened to me over a course of time. I went, uh, my wife was Catholic, so I participated in the Catholic Church. Oh, we were raising our kids. St. Francis de Sales was the, was the church that we went to. So one summer, um, Father Bill is filling in for our minister. Now, some of you don't even have a clue who this guy is, but uh, people that might have been around for a while understand who Father Bill was. So I'm sitting in there, and he's preaching directly to me, talking about addiction, what it does to families, how it tears them apart, what, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, I needed to hear this, you know, and uh, so, so Father Bill's speaking to me, um, I'm starting to go to meetings, actually, I was in, uh, actually, I was placed in a care and aftercare, because I went, um, it's probably an unusual way of going about recovery, but I had managed to stay sober, two years without picking up a drink. Um, but I, uh, they put me in aftercare. And uh, so I was in aftercare, and uh, they'd say, okay, when you go to your meeting, I want you to get five numbers, okay, 
uh, from people in the in the meeting. He says, I want you to start looking around for a sponsor. So I'd come back, and I'd, I'd have the five numbers, but I was afraid to ask anybody to be my sponsor. Um, so this, this went on every week, you know, same thing. Get numbers, get a sponsor. I go, well, they're not getting off of this deal about a sponsor, so I'm going to have to find a sponsor. So I asked Ron... That guy I told you about, he was a truck driver for uh, AWI at the time. And uh, he said, yeah, and he said, but you're going to have to do service work because that's a condition I do. And when I got sober, I thought, okay, my life's over. I'm going to be a miserable so-and-so because everything I did was tied to drinking, okay? I mean, everything I did, I it was... Drinking was involved in it, or I wasn't really involved. And in that process of starting to go into meetings and starting to learn, you know, I'd, I'd look back in these rooms, and the, the, just some of the people were so happy, and I go, what the heck are you so happy about? You know, my life's falling apart here, and yours is like, you know, everybody. But, uh, but I realized that they had, you've heard this probably before, they had what I wanted, Okay, but they would tell me you got to do what we did to get it, you know. And uh, so I uh, I listened to what they were saying, um, and and like I said, my higher power had helped me understand that my way wasn't working. So well, you know, why not try and listen and learn, and maybe there's a better way of doing this whole thing. And uh, so so I started on my journey back then, and. Uh, they had, a, uh, they had a group called uh, Berks County Support Group. Now, this was before EDI, okay? EDI now was pretty much the focal point. And then they had Rose Kearney, who put on dances, okay? The, the Rose Kearney dances. Um, and then occasionally, um, at Robinsonia, because we were Berks County Support Group, we put on dances. We put on, like... Um, like Christmas, uh, Halloween parties, um, Christmas parties, New Year's parties, but it was all sober, uh, and it was a sober event. Um, but I learned that one of the things that that taught me is that uh, recovering people are crazier than any drunks I ever hang around with. I mean, they are just crazy. Uh, and and learn how to have fun uh, and do it without drinking. So... That was that was an important thing that I needed to learn uh, along the way, and uh, when I when I look back on my journey, I just I constantly reminisce about some of the people aren't here anymore, the people that came before me, you know, and uh, at Robazonia, um Barry Boyer was the guy that used to say, uh, "King Baby," you know, when you started whining. He'd say something like, King Baby just showed up. What are you going to do about it? How about growing up? You know, take your diaper off, you know, stuff like that, you know. And, uh, you know, the the great thing about having sponsors is they have a unique, un, very unique way of pissing you off. And, uh, you know, I can't speak for anybody else, but every time my sponsor pissed me off, it was something I needed to look at. 
and I'm thankful that he took the time. Um, Today, I understand what a gift it is to be able to work with other people in this program, um, make him feel, uh, you know, comfortable, um, give him some hope, let him know that there's a better way of living life without using or drinking um, and just uh, clear-headed um, how much better life becomes. And and when I think back on it, I think of a, a, several people I used to see. Uh, at Here at Atonement, um, there used to be the classiest lady I ever saw before, and that was Glenna. Glenna was the classiest lady I ever met, and she would sit on the left-hand side at the end of the table, and Johnny Mack would sit on the right. Now, um, these are people that really impressed me a lot. I mean, uh, Glenna, one of her sayings was, uh, show up to a meeting, You'll bring your toolbox with you, and take some tools of recovery home with you because you might need them before the end of the day. Johnny Mack used to say stuff like, you know, we hurt the people closest to us. Those are the people that we need to make the amends to. The people that loved and supported us when we were didn't give a shit about what they thought. We were just doing our thing. The other thing he used to say is we're all great at work in our program when we're in here. How good do we do when we hit the road out there? And that's the truth, you know? I mean, um, for me today, you know, people will say to me, hey, do you still go to those meetings? I said, you're darn right I go to those meetings. I said, I, because I need them. I need an hour of positivity in my life because there's nothing but negativity out there and people trying to pit us against each other. In here, we're working together for a common cause. We're here to try and help each other stay sober today. There isn't a stronger team anywhere in this world than right here, right in this meeting right here. And, you know, those are some of the things that I'm grateful for that I can maybe find a way to give somebody some hope, let them know that there's a chance of change in your life. And, you know, I used to think it was all about the drinking, and and it was for the beginning of my sobriety. It was. It was important that I learned how to abstain from drinking uh, long enough to clear my head and, and, and start changing some of the things. In our readings, it says, um, open-mindedness and willingness are the keys that open a door to recovery. And I'm the only one that shuts that door. And I've done that on occasions. Then I'm arri- reminded again that, it, you know, if I... Uh, uh, my open-mindedness and willingness to go back to recovery, um, it all changes. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of amazing. Um, and, and uh, you know, through that process, um, 
I learned that for me, I know when I've turned it over to my higher power. And the way I know that is I can sleep at night. Um, I don't obsess about that thing that I was obsessive about. Um, you know, I get up with a clear head. And, you know, um, I know it's been lifted because I, I realize that I'm not worrying about it anymore, that I have turned it over to my higher power. Now, lots, there's several times when I think... <laughs> what a joke. I, I, heard, I heard this the other day, and I, I laughed at it. Um, I, I read it in one of the readings. It said, uh, the only difference between my higher power and me is my higher power doesn't pretend to be me. You know? And, and I got to kind of remember that in a lot of ways. But um, the other way I know is my anxiety level starts to go down and uh, that that's when I know uh, I'm in a good place and that um, you know things things are starting to go in the right direction um, you know so I was talking about Robazonia and uh, there used to be a place um, in Robazonia the novitiate they used to have meetings up there and uh, they had really comfortable chairs in there. Uh, anyway, um, but, you know, I'd look around at people in the meetings, and, and you could see the people that, um, that were connecting to the higher power, you know? You could just, what I wanted to do there was just kind of pick their brains a little bit. But, what are you doing that maybe I'm not doing, you know? And, then, and he, some of the people say, well, why do you keep coming back? Because I can learn from any one of you how you work your program, and it can be better than the way I'm doing it. Maybe I can improve on my program. Jeez, what a unique idea, huh? Maybe I could do it better by just listening to somebody. That can be the newcomer coming right in here, you know? The new keep, newcomer keeps it fresh for me and reminds me because, you know, my disease wants me to forget about how cunning, baffling, and powerful it is. It sits right here on my shoulder. It knows every weakness I have, every weakness I have. And, and the way I keep, uh, you know, like from listening to the good guy and the bad guy, you know what I'm saying on either shoulder, is that... Uh, I've learned to do a few things that work for me, and then I continue to do them. I don't stop doing them, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> I work with all, several people in this program, and the funny thing is I'll see somebody, oh, I got this program, man, I got it. Okay, great. Next thing you know, the job's getting in the way of the meetings. Uh, the relationship is getting in the way of the meetings. Uh, any number of things, okay? And all of a sudden, you know, they're calling me up saying, my life's going to crap, what happened? Well, get back to your meetings. Call your sponsor. Sponsors can't read minds. I, I can tell you that. 
You know, I can't read any sponsee's mind. I can't. Uh, but, you know, um, that phone works, that 500-pound phone. And uh, I just know for me, um, even today, people say, well, you know, you, do you need to check in with a sponsor? I said, heck, yes, I need to. I need to check in. There's a bunch of things that I do. I go to meetings. I try to work with other people. I try to feel, give people some hope and understanding, the new people that come into this meeting, that, hey, if you've got a problem with drinking, you're in the right place, okay? Just stick around. You know, give it time, you know, and it, it will change. You know, your thinking changes. You know, the amazing thing about recovery to me is that people could see the change in me, but I couldn't see it, you know. And my, my sponsor would say, do a gratitude list. You know how many times I heard that? But I did what he said. And you know what? When I sat down and did a gratitude list, I went, hey, you know, Things aren't as bad as I thought. He used to say to me, you remember what you were so worked up about last week? I mean, you were just off the deep end, and I go, no, I can't remember. That's how important it was, right? But at the time, it was like, you know, it was a mountain. Yeah, you know, um, I, I just, uh, I just know I'm grateful to be in this program. I'm grateful to be a recovering alcoholic. I'm grateful for all the lessons it teaches me, and it keeps teaching me day in and day out. 417 through 420. I hated when they changed it from 449 to 417, but we're all so good with change, aren't we? Just love that, 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 that whole deal. Um, my sponsor did. I don't know how many times that man told me to go read those pages, and I needed to. You know, I you know I didn't listen to everything my sponsor said, and I made some of the mistakes that he made. But he was telling me everything I needed to hear. You know, so I wouldn't make the same mistakes. You know. And um, it's amazing how sponsors can see things sometimes we can't even see. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just a blessing. Um, and I thank my higher power because I know it was my higher power that got me into these rooms. No one else. My, my higher power helped me find these rooms. And um, I continue to... Uh, on a daily basis, thank my higher power for the gift that he gave me. And um, I try to do his will every day. And there are days sometimes when I think my will uh, trumps that. But, you know, for most of my lessons in this program, um, my higher power has a way of letting me know and sometimes, unfortunately, I have to be in enough pain to change. You know, my higher power knows, uh-oh, you're going to have, I'm going to have to get your attention some way uh, so that you understand that this isn't the path for you. <laughs> and uh, so that's another reason why I keep coming back. You know, maybe, you know, today uh, I'll hear the reading you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've read the steps 
I've read it with with people new in the program. I I, I read it at the meetings, and <clears throat> you know I'll be. But that day, I I'll say to myself, you know, I know I read this step, but boy, this reading really applies to me today, and it's like. Thank you, higher power, for helping me look at this, you know, a little closer. Maybe I need to know what's going on here. Um, so, you know, I got in the program. I got a sponsor. I did service work. I have a support group of people that I that I I talk to too in different situations. Um, but, you know, I can't do this myself. Why do I keep talking to my sponsor? Okay, here's the answer I'm going to give you. Because my stinking thinking comes back on me from time to time. And I like to know whether I'm going, am I on the beam? Am I in recovery? Am I in the recovery lane? Okay, or am I... Drifting off, you know? And so I just like to know, hey, this is what I'm thinking. You know, what do you think? Does this sound reasonable? And, uh, you know, and, and, and that's what sponsors to me are there for, to let you know, hey, uh, you might want to think about this. Um, you know, I... Don't chase after anybody. I, uh, I uh, allow them to decide what kind of program they want to have. Um, but um, I, um, I love having the opportunity to take people through the steps because that blesses me more than I'll ever bless them, let me tell you. Um, and it's fun, you know. I love reading the literature. My last sponsor, uh, Ken Gill, uh, passed away last year, and uh, Kenny and I were a lot alike. We uh, we came from Pittsburgh. We were Steeler fans, unfortunately, uh, nauseating Steeler fans. Uh, but uh, one of the great things about the Eagles is they have a way of humbling us Steeler fans. Uh, and that's, that's, that's good for our egos. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, it's, uh, he came from a steel town like I did. His parents were hardworking people, just like my mother and father were. And, uh, and we had just a whole lot in common, just, this is an unbelievable amount. And <clears throat> Kenny was a believer in the literature, and we went through every piece of literature we could find. And that man spent hours upon hours with me um, just reading, sharing his experience with me and me with him. And it actually got to a point where, you know, it wasn't sponsor, sponsee. We were just friends in recovery, you know. 
And as he got older, um, I looked forward to He wasn't getting out very much. And um, I was uh, blessed with the opportunity to go pick him up and take him to lunch. And we'd talk. And uh, sometimes we'd do some reading afterwards. But, um, you know, it was, it was a blessing to be able to be around him before he passed away. And, and I visited him several times when he was in the hospital and, uh, you know, that whole process. And, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, he did a lot for people in recovery. He really did, and um, um, helped a lot of people get into care and helped a lot of people um, get scholarships to care. And, and um, you know, he, um, he was a good guy. I miss him. Uh, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story and, and, uh, and, and be honest with everybody. I, after my first sponsor died, I went a period without a, a sponsor. And um, I'd be talking to people in a meeting. I'd say, well, you got to get a sponsor. Hey, <laughs> wake up one day and said, who the hell are you telling anybody to get a sponsor? You don't have one now. You know, wake up. You know, my fear was, oh my God, if I ask another guy to be my sponsor and he wants me to do even more work and look at more of myself, oh my God, no, please, not that. But, you know, um, I, I, I had to laugh at myself. Who are you to be telling anybody to do something if you're not going to be willing to do it yourself? So, you know, then I got a sponsor, Kenny, <coughs> who was my second sponsor. And after Kenny passed away, I, I have a, another sponsor called Mike Snyder, um, he's my sponsor today, and I didn't waste any time. I went and got a sponsor right away, so I could tell somebody, if you need to get a sponsor, get a sponsor. Um, so why is it so important to have a sponsor? Well, sponsors have a way of knowing you better sometimes than you know yourself, okay? They can see things in you that you can't see sometimes at the beginning, and, uh, you know, it's just the... Uh, just the gift they seem to have. And uh, I, uh, I got a book one time. It was from Hazleton. It was uh, uh, The 12-Step Work, How It Works by Hamilton B. And in that book, it talks about if you're looking for a sponsor, read the chapter on it. It tells you how to pick a sponsor on. There's a chapter in there that says what a, a sponsor's, uh, you know, uh, responsibilities are. What does the sponsor, what's the sponsor supposed to do? Um, and then it goes into in depth on the 12 steps and, and a lot of questions and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I just believe that when you sit down with somebody in this program and you read something either out of the 12 and 12, or you read something out of the big book. Um, something special happens when you're sitting down with your sponsor and you're reading AA literature. Can't describe it. It's, uh, it's so much different than maybe going to a meeting and going to a step meeting or going to a big book meeting. There's just something special to me 
about that process. And, um, you know, uh, I'm an avid golfer, and uh, I found out for me that's a great way to do anger work. You know, I can go to the driving range, just smashing golf balls as hard as I want. You know, not caring where the hell they go, but, uh, you know, that's, that's positive anger work sometimes uh, for a golfer. Uh, but, um, you know, it, uh, it, it's amazing that, uh, that this program works the way it does, and it, and it works me in a lot of great ways. And, uh, you know, when I look, when I look back on it... Um, if I'd have just thought about, okay, stop drinking, okay? And when I got past that point, don't cut yourself off if you get to the point where your drinking's no longer a pro problem because it's about growing personally in these rooms. It's learning how to apply the 12 steps in our everyday life. Progress, not perfection. Nobody's perfect here. And uh, the reality to me is that I keep coming back trying to learn how to apply these steps uh, better ways in my life, basically. You know, there's days when <clears throat> I can be a very good example of AA. And there's other days that you don't even want to be around me. So... You know, those are the days when I really got to work my program. Uh, they told me a long time ago that um, I can start my day over anytime I want. I've had to do that many times. Um, you know, and uh, looking at my shortcomings, they stare me in the face every once in a while. Just recently, I took a trip up to Schuylkill Haven to get my real license and got up there and found out this wasn't the day to get that done. So right away, believe it or not, I got an attitude, okay? And uh, then I stopped and thought for a minute. I go like, whose fault is it? You didn't investigate this enough. Oops. Nope, there's three more pointing back at me. Damn, that doesn't work anymore. The blame game is out the freaking window once you walk into this program. You know, that blaming everybody else for your problems, okay? Um, you know, it, uh, I, I was told by an old-timer a long time ago, he said, uh, you know, the problem's sitting right there in that seat with you, Spence. It's you. Uh, and he was right, you know, because I'm the problem in any scenario. I am. And uh, I've got to look at my part before I look at anybody else's. It's me. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that's a part of this program that, you know, just how you look at life. It, it, it says in, the, in, in some of our literature about looking at life through different glasses. You know, when you're in recovery, over a period of time and you change the way you're thinking and you change the way you do things, you look at life at, through different lenses 
You know, after a while I could come to these meetings and see the birds and enjoy the birds, you know, and enjoy the leaves. Well, not so much when I'm raking them, but they're really nice in the springtime, not so much in the fall. Um, anyway, um, you know, uh, I, I'm truly blessed. There, there's just no doubt about it. I've had, I'm so grateful for the people that came before me that reached out and said, Spence, keep coming back. You know, you can change. You know, um, we did it, you can do it. Um, for the first time in my life, there were people saying, keep coming back. Trust me, when I came in here, that was not the slogan I heard very often. You know, not too many people wanted to see me around. They talk about remembering your last drunk. And this is not something I'm proud of, but you're going to hear it. Um, because honesty is what sets me free. Um, my, my picture in my mind is not, well, it was when I was drinking the most. Um, I did a lot of my drinking at home. I was uh, put the family to bed. Then I was ready to go to town. I earned, earned my drink, right? Um, when I look back on it, how many times did I didn't take the time with the kids I should have taken it, you know? Spent the quality time with them. No, get them in bed so I can drink. Um, you know, uh, that, that, that whole thing is, I got, I, my daughter is down on the lower step. I'm screaming at her. I got my hand back, like I'm going to hit her. Never laid a hand on that girl. But for some reason, that's a picture of where my drinking took me, okay? You know, you can hurt kids worse by what you say than what you, what you do to them sometimes. And so that's the picture in my mind of why I never want to pick up another drink. Because I don't ever want to go back to that. It wasn't all, you know, it wasn't all in the family. It wasn't father knows best. It wasn't any of that crap. That's where my drinking took me. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, but at some point, we cross the line. We cross that line, and we know um, that we got to find the, uh, some help, you know. We gotta, we gotta change, because it's not working. So, so what has the program given me? Um, a great ability today to love my kids, to encourage my kids. I don't. I, I got to the point where I was making so many amends to them. I said, Dad, you're going to AA, you know. You're straightening your life out. You don't need to keep apologizing. Well, that was a cross I was carrying, and, uh, you know, I had to, had to work on that, you know. Um, so uh, 
you know, that's that's one of the things that uh, that I love about this program is it allows us, allows me to become a better person. Oh, and the other thing is, I can love them for who they are. They don't have to be anything I want them to be. Um, another thing I learned: don't open your mouth unless they ask you for advice. Um, that's a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had to remind myself of that, you know, because there's a, a part of me that's codependent and I want to save everybody. Um, and so I've got to watch that part of, uh, you know, I think there's a bit of codependency that runs through a lot of us alcoholics. I, I know for this one it sure does. Um, and uh, so I... Uh, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, this, this program is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And um, I see people, you know, the greatest gift I get is I can see people growing every day in this program, you know, changing their life. There's not a better gift than watching that. It's like a flower blooming in the spring, you know. Uh, it, it's just amazing. Um, I often think that if this drunk can make it, anybody can make it. But the reality is, you can't do it without doing the work. We got to look at ourselves. We got to be able to take an inventory. We got to look at our shortcomings. And this one's the best one to me. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Yeah. That's something I still have to do on a regular basis. I can tell you, I've screwed more things up since I've been in recovery than when I wasn't. Then I got to go back and make amends. Yeah, because I know that's what I got to do. Um, you know, recently I had to, well, I, I get some outside help. I, I certainly believe that this is just my, okay, this is my thought process, not AA's. But <clears throat> I believe that. I get a lot of help from professionals outside of these rooms, and it helps me with issues that AA and all the literature in AA can't help you with, you know? Uh, some of that baggage we're carrying around when we get in here, uh, professionals can help us with that, you know? And I, and I work with a professional today, um, and this all happened because... Um, I thought I was saving my wife, okay, rescuing her. She's a grown woman. She doesn't need any help from me unless she asks me for help, okay? But <clears throat> the white knight in shining armor <clears throat> wanted to come to her defense. And it was, it was um, <clears throat> a situation in our family. My son-in-law and I got into it. And um, I don't know what I was thinking because I went after him and he could have killed me. Uh, I'm an old man. What, what could I do, fall on him and hurt his ankle? Anyway, I want to I explain this to you. I'm, I'm just showing you some of my shortcomings in life in general, okay? So, I'm in this situation. I'm pissed off at him because he pissed off the air conditioning guy that came to fix our air conditioner. And he got into it with him. 
Well, she didn't help at all, but hey, who am I going to change? The only person I can change in that scenario, right here. I have to change myself. Anyway, so we get into fisticuffs or whatever, and then I feel like, why the hell did you do this? You know, that's the first thing I said to myself. And I said, now you made it worse for your wife. Okay, because her daughter is in between me and her husband, okay, and I'm going like, oh, God, this is just this is not right, you know, this is not good, okay? So, what do I do, okay? I come home, explain everything to my wife, say, this is on me, this is my stuff, I got to make it right. So I sat down and I wrote an amends letter to my son-in-law. Whole page, okay? Everything that I did, not a darn thing about him, because what am I doing? It's about me, okay? What's my part in this? So I wrote that all out and uh, sent the letter, okay? Got a call from him. He said, let's go to dinner and have a talk. I said, sure. So we went to the dinner, and I apologized. I said I was out of line. Should have never done what I did. You know, I, should, I know better than to do what I did. And I said, you know, this is on me. Okay? This is me. And uh shouldn't surprise me, but... When we were there, he said, no, he said, I had a part in it. He said, I should have never reacted the way I did. He said, um, he said, you were smart, you backed away. Um, and I said, well, I'm sorry, you know, I'm not going to let this happen again. And, uh, and we, uh, we're fine today, okay? The program. The program works. Okay, that's a fine example of it. And it shouldn't surprise me. You know, it shouldn't surprise me. But every once in a while, this program does surprise me. When I actually do what I'm supposed to do, um, it's, it's amazing. So, um, anyway, it's been an honor to be here with you tonight and share uh, a little bit about me. And um, I hope all of you that are here, if you're new or if you're coming back, if you're having a problem and it's affecting your life, okay, the answers are here. Just keep coming back. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. So, thanks. Thanks for checking out this episode of the New Life Speakers Podcast. Please remember that our group is self-supporting through its seven tradition. Donations can be made by clicking the link on our website, newlifespeakers.org. Tune in next week for a new speaker, and thanks for listening.